0: Well, it certainly is a blessing to be able to speak to you this morning. uh, Something that the Lord has been laying on my heart for several years now. Thank you. And so the men are handing out some uh, handouts for you to be able to look through. Uh, We'll just really follow through with the PowerPoint that we have up here this morning. Going to be talking this morning about the importance and really the necessity of discipleship in church planting. This is really the, the burden that God has given myself and my wife here in Kenya. I'm going to begin uh, just with a little bit of uh, introduction as to my burden for missions here in Kenya, and specifically there where we are currently ministering with my parents in Gatukuyu a Trinity Baptist church. Uh, So just a little bit of a history about that, and uh, really a little bit of timeline as to how things started there and how they uh, have continued up to uh, today. Uh, In 2017, uh, the Lord moved us out of a ministry that we were helping in there in Thika, and we began to pray as a family, and really seeking the Lord as to where we would start a new church. And I was really encouraged uh, at that time just seeing uh, my dad's vision for church planting and how uh, he was willing to go forward and uh, start a new church here in Kenya. And it was really a great time even training for myself and Aaron, as we were even just driving around to different towns in the area of Thika and beyond, uh, just asking the Lord, you know, where would you have us to begin a new ministry? Uh, we went to Juja, we went to Kenal, uh, north of Thika, different places. Uh, and eventually we settled on Gatsukuyu. And in August of 2017, uh, we began having some kids programs, uh, just a class for them every Saturday morning uh, for about six weeks. We would go out there and uh, have a time with some children. We are renting a room just by the uh, market square there in the town, the village of gatsukuyu and at the same time uh, we had not begun services yet there in august Uh, at that time we were actually attending bethel baptist church for about six uh, weeks in a row and uh, i really enjoyed that because i got to see uh, my wife uh, every single week she wasn't my wife back then Um, but that was the plan all along and uh, being able to spend time with her there and um It got to October of 2017. October 8th was our first service there uh, in Gatsukuyu. And to be honest, I kind of struggled a little bit with that uh, because I wouldn't be seeing her every Sunday. And I really actually just had to take it to the Lord in prayer and uh, just really ask the Lord, you know, give me a burden, give me a vision for the ministry that God has called uh, our family and so that was on October 8th, 2017. We began meeting there in Gatsukuyu at Trinity Baptist Church. Uh, there's just a few uh, pictures of the area, uh, some different people. You maybe recognize uh, Luke down there. He came soul winning with us at one point. And the area there uh, in Gatsukuyu, we began meeting every Sunday. Uh, services began going soul winning every Saturday as well and really uh, just moving forward with that. Now, I remember one day, uh, just around that time, uh, beginning to feel really overwhelmed and just needing, needing to know from the Lord what it is that he wanted me to do full-time. And I knew that, of course, we were there with our family, ministering there in Gatsukuyu, uh, but I began realizing the need for me to know what is it what ministry does God have for me in the future and in the years ahead? And I remember just taking a few days fasting, praying, begging the Lord to show what it was that he wanted me specifically to do there uh, in, in Kenya. And just there's a few more pictures. Uh, the one on the bottom left is more recent, just from several months ago uh, there in Gatsupuyu. And so I began really praying and seeking the Lord. What is it, God, that you would have me to do? What is it that you would call me to do specifically here in Kenya? Uh, There's some more pictures as well of the current ministry. Some of those pictures are just from this past Sunday. God has truly blessed. Uh, Just last year, we got a permanent property for the church, and that's been a real blessing, uh, just being able to uh, be more permanent there and really gain even more respect in the community um, when, you, uh, when you have that. And so that's really been a blessing for us. Uh, God confirmed his call for me in missions through several verses. First of all, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24 Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 2. And this is really the main one for me in missions here in Kenya. And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And I believe, and we believe, my wife and I, that God has called us to commit what we have learned over our years of ministry, over our years here at IBCM, to other faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also to repeat the same process. Our burden is church planting through the avenues of discipleship. Church planting through discipleship. Uh, Here's a little bit of a timeline as to uh, just what God continued to do in my life, uh, specifically in my wife's life as well. Uh, January 2018, uh, 2017 through 18. I was really praying about specifically, God, what would you have me to do, whether it be an evangelist uh, or a pastor here in Kenya, what specifically. And God really used uh, Dr. Jim Van Goudre, he came out and was teaching uh, here in our college, and he was teaching the class of Galatians, and we took that class with uh, a number here as well. And really, God used that class, but really the the chapel services that we had um, during that modular at the time. And he was preaching uh, really from the book of Hebrews about rest for the people of God. But yet through, that, through those messages, God really called me to be a pastor specifically. And specifically one day in Gatsukuyu. And I remember just sharing that burden with my dad and we began praying about that uh, even from that time. In 2019, uh, that's when Mary joined IBCM uh, and I believe it was Dr. Flanders at that time speaking for us at the retreats, and God really used that retreat in 2019 uh, to really give Mary a burden and a calling uh, specifically for her for missions as well here in Kenya, and I'm really thankful for her and really for all her experience as well with VBS, uh, Sunday School and everything uh, that she has been involved with over the years there at Bethel, and now... Uh, in Gatsukuyu with us as well. Uh, So that was in 2019. And really beyond from this point, uh, we plan to be doing Bible studies, discipleship, with people specifically, everyone in the church. And, you know, I'm thankful for all the years that God has given our family there in Gatsukuyu all the ministry experiences that we've been able to have uh, but I had begun to be, to feel like a little bit limited in what I could do in terms of uh, reaching out to people, in terms of discipling, uh, really families and couples in the church. And so I'm so thankful uh, to be able to serve now with my wife and to be able now to disciple couples together and to be able to go into homes and really spend time with people and reach out uh, to people to talk about issues that they may have in their life. And so I'm very thankful for my discipleship partners, very beautiful, and I'm very thankful uh, for that. I'm going to have to bring uh, some more pictures later. I had put together this morning uh, some more uh, wedding pictures to show you guys, Uh, but I think I put the wrong slideshow on here, (laughs) but I'll have to bring that. (laughs) Uh, Later for all of you. Uh, By the way, today's a special day for us. It's our one month anniversary. Uh, So, um, uh, really thankful. It's a good day to be speaking, I guess, as well. Okay. Um, So, that's really our burden. That's really our passion uh, for here in ministry and uh, for the future there in Gatsukuyu. Go ahead and turn to Acts chapter number 18, and I do have references up here on the screen that we will be looking at, Uh, but the verses you'll need your Bibles for. Uh, So go ahead and turn to, we'll begin soon, uh, there in Acts chapter number 18. Take some time to examine the scriptures and see the importance of discipleship from a biblical perspective, the importance of spending time with people on a spiritual level, uh, getting to know them, getting to see where they are exactly. I think we fall into a problem often in our ministries, in our churches. We get caught up in our own busy schedule that we fail to connect with people, fail to get to know people for who they really are, people who we greet every Sunday on a regular basis. I remember some years back uh, we had a youth seminar there at Bethel for the college, and at that time it was, I believe, it was really geared towards uh, saved young people in our churches. That was really the the call that went out for that. A number of young people came, and I can't even remember really who was speaking at the time. But an invitation was given, uh, just asking a simple question of who knows for sure. But they are saved and on their way to heaven. And at that time, we expected that, you know, most of these people are young people in our churches, and not many hands went up with that invitation. And I remember it just stuck with me like, wow, these are supposed to be saved young people, people who we assume, perhaps wrongly, are saved and heading in the right direction. Not many hands. Went up. You know, there are people in our churches who we assume are saved and are not. We need to spend time with them and lead them into truth and salvation. There are people in our churches who we assume stand together with us doctrinally, but perhaps they don't. If we spent time with them and, and visited them and began spiritual lessons, conversations with them, we would find out where they stand and where the teaching needs to take place. We assume too much in our churches, in our ministries. There are people in our churches who we assume practice daily devotions and have it all covered and pray every day and all of those things that are simple, perhaps, to us here, but they don't. Many of them don't know how to. They don't even know where to begin with what we call devotions. It's a simple thing to us, perhaps not to others. They need someone to guide them. You think of the Ethiopian eunuch. He needed someone to come and spend time with him, to guide him, to help him understand the scriptures. Then he was ready to get saved and to accept the truth. We assume too much in our ministries. There are people in our churches who we assume are raising their children to love God, to love his word, to love coming to church every Sunday. They come together every week. We see them. We say hi to them. We assume everything is fine. Then they grow up. They go to school, and we wonder why they don't come back. And we wonder where they went and why kids grow up and disappear from our church. We assume that they're on the right track but they're not you know saying hi and bye on Sunday and Wednesday isn't enough time spent with people is important listening to them understanding where they're coming from helping them to understand the scriptures teaching them what the Bible says about this and that church planting through the avenue of discipleship building those relationships with couples with families and with their children. All of that as well as our regular services in our churches. I believe that we have divine appointments sitting in the pews on Sunday morning. You know, that's a term we throw around all the time. And we always are very careful to ask prayer for divine appointments. When we go out on sowing, when we go out into the community, pray for divine appointments. Yet then we miss all of those appointments in our churches every single week. Some of them are church members who perhaps need to even be saved and discipled and trained in the ways of God. Our churches need to grow spiritually, not just numerically. Spiritually, not just numerically. Several years ago... Uh, Pastor Zempel came out from Falls Baptist Church and he taught a class, I believe it was Christ in the Old Testament, and we took that with a number of you here as well. And in, I believe it was, Mentor Chapel, he was preaching and really encouraged us and challenged us to make sure that whatever we learn here at this college is not just for us. It's not just materials for us to have in our library. But we need to be willing and ready and able to spread that to others. And that was really the main takeaway from the message that day. All these resources that we get here at the retreats, there in class, we need to be willing to spread that to others and help them as well to know the word of God. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48 says, "...to whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required." And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Let's go to a few examples of discipleship in the New Testament. Here's just one example from uh, practical terms there in Gatsukuyu. This is a picture from last week on Sunday. Uh, There's a lady that has been coming named Mama Michelle there in the middle. And she's been coming uh, for weeks and quite a long time. And we began to realize that her daughter was just at home. And she would not come to church. She would sometimes show up, maybe to bring a kid or something to Sunday school. We went to visit them on Saturday, uh, myself and Mary and uh, my mom. Uh, my mom and I visited with Ma, Michelle, for about two hours or so, uh, while Mary took some time to visit with Michelle, who was all ready to get saved. And Mary asked her, like, has anyone ever told you this before about salvation? Jesus died for you, the gospel. And she said, nope. No one's ever spent any time explaining any of this to me. All it took was willingness to spend our time. Maybe we were tired. It was a hot day, whatever. But spending time with someone who was ready to get saved. And now we're working on a plan to begin discipling both of them. It's as simple as that. Being willing to spend time with people. Ask them. And she was very ready to understand the gospel and be saved. And so we're really excited, pray for us. This is a discipleship opportunity, one of many uh, we believe in the future. Biblical examples of discipleship, Acts chapter 18, Aquila and Priscilla, verse 24 and 25. Acts chapter 18, verse 24 and 25. The Bible says, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. So Apollos comes to Ephesus and we find, first of all, several things uh, to note about this man. The Bible says that he was instructed in the ways of the Lord. He was fervent in spirit. He was teaching the things of God. These are very good things, but he was limited in his understanding. The Bible tells us here that he knew only the baptism of John. He didn't realize that the one of whom John had spoken had come. And that was the Messiah. Verse 26, the Bible says, And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. <clears throat> they took him aside and began teaching him the Bible and helping him. They didn't judge him for not knowing more than just the baptism of John. They didn't put him down for not having a fuller understanding of the scriptures. They didn't go home and talk about how he didn't know this and that about how Jesus had come and died on the cross already. They took their time that they had probably not planned to originally. They spent time with him, helped him to, ex- to understand the scriptures. They helped him grow and move forward to be in a better place to minister to others. Verse 27, and when he was disposed to pass into Achaia. The brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So God blessed the efforts of Aquila and Priscilla as we see God mightily using Apollos to explain truth that he had not previously known. Aquila and Priscilla had a part in the fruit that was born through the ministry of Apollo. Someone had to spend time with him. Someone had to sit down and explain to him about Jesus Christ. And we see the fruit that abounded because two people decided to help someone else understand the Word of God. And so that's Acts 18 24 through 28. What about the Apostle Paul? Uh, Stay in Acts chapter 18, look at verse 19. Uh, So just a few verses above there, Acts chapter 18, verse 19. He came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. You know, Paul had a habit, a very good one, of getting to a town, finding the synagogue, entering there, and reasoning with the Jews, explaining to them the scriptures, hearing where they were coming from, what did they understand, and in turn showing them the truth, spending time with them, having conversations with them. For days on end, the Bible shows us that Paul would do this. Uh, Look over in chapter 19 and verse number 8, Acts chapter 19, verse 8. The Bible says he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things of God, the things concerning the kingdom of God. Here we have Paul again going into the synagogue at Ephesus, taking three months to persuade others of the truth of the word of God. He went back to the same place with the same people every day, for three whole months. He was willing to take his time. He was willing to set aside other things and to plug away at these people. Don't give up on your contact if they don't get saved the first day. Spend time with them. Go back to them. Persevere. Paul was willing to invest his own time in the lives of people there at the synagogue. Uh, Verse number 9. Bible says, but when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. So did the opposition stop Paul from investing in the lives of others? No. He just moved somewhere else, to the school of this man Tyrannus, and continued doing the same thing. Thing, teaching people the scriptures. Helping them to understand the word of God. Verse 10. Yeah. <clears throat> and this continued by the space of two years he spent his time. So that all of they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Everyone heard the gospel. Because we was willing to do more than just Sunday morning. He was willing to do more than just Wednesday or Thursday evenings. He spent his time with these people. It's an aspect of ministry that I believe we miss too easily. Uh, Think about the Apostle Paul and his relationship with Timothy. Uh, We believe Timothy was saved under the ministry of Paul. And through his ministry, we find evidence that Paul took his time to teach Timothy, took him under his wing, discipled him into the minister that Timothy would become. Uh, Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. Uh, Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter number 2. And verse number 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And verse 4, the Bible says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? In reference to verse number 3, Paul says that God would have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. You know, for someone to be saved, they have to come unto the knowledge of some truth. The gospel of Christ. But once they're saved, we cannot leave them hanging just like that. We need to minister to them and help them to understand the word of God. It's really the simple pattern of the Great Commission. First you make disciples, baptize them into the church, then you teach them to observe all things. That takes time, that takes effort, that takes love on our parts for them discipling others, helping them to understand the Word of God. It is illogical to make a disciple, to see someone be saved, and then to leave them alone and expect them just to know what to do and expect them to know that they're supposed to pray every day, that they're supposed to read the Bible starting at John or Romans or whatever. We can't assume things like that. They need to be taught how to live out what you have just explained to them, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in simple terms of life, you think of a football coach who signs a young player for his team. Teams are normally, they'll even sign players of 15, 16 years old. They don't expect them to know what to do on the field. They take time with them. You read, you look up things like that, young players, the coach spends so much time with them. Showing them what to do. Showing them how to play. And that's the only way they become much better. But it takes time. It needs coaching, guidance throughout that whole process. Disciples need to be discipled. And that's our responsibility. And that's my burden and my vision. You know, somebody helped us to learn the word of God. Somebody took time with us to explain the gospel, and more than even just that. Somebody took their time for us. We need to take our time for others, to put off other things, to not be selfish with our time. We are here for a reason, to minister to others, to extend the blessings that we have received to others, and to be intentional about that. Uh, chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Here's a verse that was mentioned yesterday, I believe. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. There are people in our churches who we see every week. We talk to them. We say hi to them. They have no idea how to live the Christian life, how to behave in the house of God. They don't know what is acceptable in terms of dress and music and standards and conversation. Two hours on Sunday morning isn't enough. People have questions. People have concerns. Many of them may be too shy to ask you about it. It's our job to take our time and approach them and help them. People are confused. People who we think are independent Baptists, they know everything, they don't. We need to help them know how to live as believers. We need to be there for them, to guide them. Uh, look down at chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. <clears throat> 1 Timothy 4, verse 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. But aren't we all children of God? He died for everyone, right? Yes, he did. But he is the Savior of those who believe. You know, such truth is obvious to us here at IBCN. Obviously, we know that is true. But you'll find it's not so obvious to everyone in your church. We think they know. We think they understand that Christ is the Savior of those who believe. They don't know. They think everybody is saved anyway. Simple truths that we know we need to teach to others. Paul tells Timothy not only to command these truths to the church, but to teach them as well. And to take time to explain those things to others. Verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity in spirit, in faith, in purity. Verse 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And our job as well, as we spend time with people and invest in their lives, is to be a spiritual example to them and to show them how to live as believers, how to behave in church and in life, And in everything else we see here. Verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. The gifts that God has given us, the blessings that he has given to us. We cannot sit on them and fail to extend them to others. Our responsibility as believers is to reach out and impact others, not only in society, not only on zoning and visitation, but to the people who come every week and sit in our churches, who need to know the Word of God. We need to seek to minister to those divine appointments in the pews on Sunday morning. Verse 15 Meditate upon these things, he's telling Timothy. Give thyself wholly to them. Takes commitment, takes time. That thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And you see, part of all of this vision and and burden for reaching out to others, it starts at home. It starts with our own walk with God, paying attention to how we are doing spiritually. You know, if we are slacking and walking with God personally and as a family, then we are going to be ineffective in everything that we are talking about here, in ministering to others. It starts at home in the morning. If we meet with God at home, then God can use us to help others to meet with God as well. Even as we minister to them. It starts with us. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Bible says wherefore i put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of god which is in thee by the putting on of my hands we need to utilize what god has given to us it's not for us just to know the truth to be happy about that to discuss it with our friends at ibcm And to proclaim it for an hour on Sunday and expect everybody else to know what to do. We need to take time and use what God has given us and extend that to others. Go a couple verses down, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus. Before the world began. You know, every Christian is called to something specific. What is your calling? What has God specifically burdened you for, called you to do for him? We weren't saved to just relax and enjoy life until we get to heaven. There is a work to do in ministering to others. There is a work to do, and time is running out. Verse 14. Of these things, put them. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Chapter 1, verse 14. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Paul continues. He's doing this over and over, reminding Timothy to use what he has been given in the ministry. And we need to do the same as well. I'll go over to chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, Timothy was Paul's son in the faith, and he is commanding him to be strong in ministry. Uh, verse number 2. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The verse I've mentioned already. We see several generations in ministry here. This verse is very key. The things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. But not just faithful men. But commit them in such a way that they'll be able to teach others also. That takes time. That takes effort. And like I mentioned before, that takes love on our parts for others. To spend time with them in such a way that when we're done, they'll be able to repeat the process again. And that is a biblical pattern right there in verse number two for church planting and discipleship. Verse number three. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier... Of Jesus Christ. Verse 4 No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Ministry will not always be easy. We know that. We understand that. We need to be strong as soldiers of Christ. We need to be strong for the sake of others who are ministering to them. There is a battle, there is an enemy. The devil would love very much to ensure that we are ineffective in ministering to others. Let's make sure that we're not distracted by the cares of this life. To where we don't care enough to spend time with people. We need to care enough to spend time with them, to teach them the word of God. There needs to be a focus on what it is that God has called us to do. May we not be so caught up and sidetracked by the things of this life that we only carry enough to preach to people and expect that they're doing the right thing from Monday until next Sunday when they come back to church again. So often it isn't the case. So often it isn't the case. We need to spend time with people. We need to teach them the word of God. Let's go over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians and chapter number two. Really love the book of Philippians. I've been preaching through it recently there in Gatsukuyu. And we gain some more insight even here in Philippians about uh, the ministry relationship that Paul had with Timothy. Philippians and chapter number two, verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, the church at Philippi, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Let me read verse 20 again. It says, For I have no man like-minded, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, who will naturally care for your state. Paul was under house arrest, as we understand, while he wrote the book of Philippians, as well as several other books. And he wishes to send Timothy to the church there. He wants to know how they're doing. But he wasn't just sending Timothy because Timothy was around or because it was a convenient option. The Bible specifically says in verse number 20 that Timothy was like-minded with the apostle Paul. You know, that didn't just happen overnight. Timothy was saved through the ministry of Paul, but Paul spent time with him and taught him the word of God and helped him to where Timothy also caught the vision for reaching the world even as we see the Apostle Paul doing. You know, we know the testimony of Paul's life, all the churches he started throughout the Word of God. We know the testimony of Paul. And for him to say that Timothy is like-minded, that's that's an amazing thing. It just tells us the kind of Christian that Timothy had become. It also shows us the investments that Paul made in this man's life and ministry. Uh, Verse number 21, the Bible says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Yet perhaps there are members in our churches who we assume are seeking the things which are Jesus Christ, as the Bible says. They're not. No one's ever showed them that they have to. No one's ever explained to them that the Christian life is more than just Sunday morning and midweek services. We need to teach them these truths that perhaps we find simple ourselves. Verse 22, continuing to talk about Timothy, says, but you know the proof of him. They knew his testimony, the church at Philippi, that as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. You know, our job as Christians is to teach others that the Christian life is not about just seeking our own thing. Are we worshiping God on Sundays and then seeking our own stuff all week and forgetting about the things of God? Christ needs to be the center of everything that we do. And I like verse number 22 a lot. It really shows us the connection that Paul and Timothy had. And it just reminded me as I was thinking about this, I'm so blessed uh, to be able to serve with my dad. Uh, there in Gatsukuyu, to learn from him, to catch his heart for Kenya and for ministry, and now even better, to be able to do that alongside my wife every week. And we have the opportunity to learn from my parents, to take what we learn and extend it to others. That is our vision and burden. I trust it is yours as well. The Apostle Paul and Timothy had a special relationship in the ministry, but also there is an interesting man by the name of Epaphroditus, who we find also here in verse 25. Someone perhaps not that famous, we don't think of him often, as we think of heroes of the faith or whatever, but this man was devoted to ministry. I love these verses. Uh, Verse 25, the Bible says, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. I love this verse. I always find it fascinating. The way that the Apostle Paul himself describes this man in this verse. Look at what it says. Brother, companion in labor and work. In time and investment. In fellow soldier. But your messenger. What else did he do? He ministered to Paul's wants and needs. You know, we won't read the rest of these verses here. You can read them later. Turns out that Epaphroditus was sick at some point. But he kept serving the Lord anyways. He kept moving forward despite that. Uh, Word got back to his church in Philippi that he was sick and they were sad about that they were grieving uh because of how sick he was but it turns out that epaphroditus himself he began to be sad because they had heard that he had been sick it just shows the heart of this man read those verses sometime it shows the mindset of what he was doing in ministry he didn't care about all of those things his job his focus was to go forward for the lord and it must have been an amazing thing uh, for Paul even to describe him the way he does. Verse 30, look at what it says. Because for the work of Christ, Epaphroditus was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. So my challenge is simple find your Timothy. Find your Epaphroditus. Find your faithful men and women who you'll be able to pour your life into in such a way that they can turn around and repeat the same process to the next person and the next couple and the next family. Find them. Teach them. Send them. Extend what we have received to others. Start with the basics, the things that we assume people know they don't. Lives will be changed if we are willing to invest in others. Think about Titus as well. Another example here Titus chapter 1. Let's go over there. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 will begin verses 1 through 4. Another son in the faith of the Apostle Paul. Verse 1 Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. God's word was committed to the Apostle Paul, and he extended that to Timothy and Titus and others in such a way that they were now able to minister to others. And you'll find that these letters that Paul wrote to them were really discipleship manuals, instruction books perhaps, on how to live personally and what to teach in their respective churches. And therefore, I believe we find it's not a surprise that even the qualifications of a pastor and deacon are in these specific books in the Bible. Because Paul wanted to ensure, first of all, that Titus and Timothy (coughs) lined up with the qualifications for ministry, but in such a way that they would know that the next person and others would also realize the qualifications for ministry as well. And be qualified even for pastoring a church. Verse Uh, Let's look at chapter 3 and verse number 8. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 8. The Bible says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Paul's like, you need to affirm these truths yourself, and also extend to others. A pastor must strive to encourage his flock to maintain and grow in their personal walk with God, to be faithful in service. Such things must be taught. Such things must be explained to others. Such truth that we find obvious is not obvious to others. It isn't automatic when someone gets saved to know that they're supposed to be faithful every Sunday. To know that it's important to be on time, etc. We need to help them. We need to show them. And so these are just a few biblical examples of discipleship that we find in the word of God. I'm going to conclude by just giving a little bit of an update, a little bit of a plan as to what we'll be doing Uh, moving forward, myself and my wife. Uh, Having been called to full-time missions here in Kenya, uh, I really had the desire to join the same mission board as my parents, uh, Baptist World Mission, and uh, that is what I have done just recently. At the same time, it was required that we have membership in a church in the States, And so when I was gone last year for like seven months, uh, one of the things that I did was transfer my membership over to McQuarnego Baptist Church. And they as well uh, voted to be our sending church when we come back permanently uh, here to Kenya. And uh, last year in October, just a few weeks before I came back here, Uh, Aaron and I uh, went to a Baptist World Mission conference. They have an annual conference, uh, two of them, in fact, uh, every year. Uh, But when we were there, uh, we attended their conference as well as several meetings uh, so that we would become official missionaries under Baptist World Mission. And so uh, we were supposed to look like Kenyans uh, at that time, And so I think Aaron did a better job uh, than I did. Uh, But as well, um, they they call it a parade of nations. All the different missionaries who were there uh, had their flag, and they were supposed to look like where they were representing, and to walk through the church and get a picture, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Uh, So we did that. Uh, Here's a little quiz. Uh, See if you can spot the Kenyans in... In, the, in that picture, all right? Uh, one may be more obvious than the other, uh, but there's a lot of missionaries from a whole bunch of different countries, uh, Some from Tanzania, Uganda, uh, different places, uh, but I don't know, does this have a pointer on it? Um, maybe not. Top one, top, one. top one, okay. I don't know if any of you have spotted the, the, the Kenyans, um, but one of them's right there. <laughs> And the other one's over here in the corner. Yeah, right over there. And that was a lot of fun uh, being able to uh, spend time with a number of different missionaries from Baptist World Mission. Uh, I was able to become an official missionary under that uh, agency, as well as my wife. Uh, they had, I had three different meetings uh, with some of the staff and the board members there. And through Zoom, uh, they were able to meet also with Mary. And uh, so that was a blessing to be able to do all of it at once. And they were able to hear her testimony of salvation, uh, her calling to missions as well. And so that was a great blessing. So at this point, uh, we plan to travel back to the States to raise support, to come back permanently. And we plan to leave in several months, Lord willing. uh, But we do need to get a visa for uh, Mary to be able to do that. Uh, But just before I mention other things as well, That is really our burden to run our race in 2023. And this is really the vision, actually, that I shared with our church uh, just several weeks ago. It's our theme there in Gatukuyu. And that's really what I'm applying as well to all of this that I'm talking about with discipleship to run the race that is before us. There is a calling that God has given to us, Uh, there is a prize. And our job is to run to that and to be involved in discipleship uh, there in Gatsukuyu. So I'll conclude here uh, with just a few keys to church planting through discipleship and a few prayer requests, and then we'll be done. All right? Uh, so this is kind of to summarize what we've been talking about this morning time spent with people it's a simple thing but we need to think about this keys to church planting through discipleship it's ourselves removing what may not be that important from our lives and investing in the lives of other people investing in someone's life spiritually it's more than just sunday school it's more than just preaching it's sitting down with them reasoning with them as the bible says and taking that time. Teaching, discipleship lessons, um, home visits with couples and families. Go to their house, find where they live, get to know them, find out where they're at spiritually. Willingness to help others. Don't just assume that people know the truth And that they'll come to IBCM someday to learn the word of God. We hope they do. But even before they do, teach them yourself. Help them. Show them the scriptures. You'll find perhaps members and others who are not saved who need to be saved. Who don't understand certain truths. We need to be willing to help them. Just a few prayer requests. If you would pray for us. Uh, We need Mary's visa to be able to return to the States. Uh, Pray for all of that process that we hope to begin very soon. Uh, Pray for effectiveness in discipleship and ministry right now on Sunday in our churches. Pray for effectiveness for us as we seek to disciple Michelle, her mom, and many others, Lord willing, in the weeks ahead. Pray for our own personal walk with God. I said it starts at home so that we can be effective in ministering to others Pray for us our physical, our spiritual strength in ministry and safety in travel as well. All right, let's go before the Lord in prayer as we conclude this session this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you so much for the time that you've given us to be able to look into your word. Thank you, Lord, for the calling that you've given to myself and my wife there in Gatsukuyu. We pray that you would help us to do everything that you expect of us. Lord, help us to be willing to take time with others, to teach them. Lord, I pray that uh, you would just give us effectiveness in ministry. Lord, I pray for my friends here at IBCM. So many different churches represented here. We praise the Lord for that. God, I pray that you would help all of us, even as we seek to be effective in ministry. Help us to love our people. Help us to be willing to spend time with them, to disciple them in the things of God. Pray that each and every one of us would find our Timothy, would find our Titus, our Epaphroditus, could be willing to minister to them to a point where even they can extend that blessing to the next generation. Give us a vision, Lord, for our churches, a vision for people in our churches, the potential that so many have. Help us, Lord, to discover that, to teach them. Give us a love for them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.